the road to hell is not a highway. Uh, I know most of you, especially children of the 70s and 80s like myself, grew up hearing the song from ACDC, I'm on the highway to hell. And a, a lot of people, uh, you know, sort of claim that. I've heard the phrase before, well, when heaven don't want me and, and when I get to hell, I'm going to take over. Like it's some, it's sort of a, a funny thing, a joke. And, and there's a lot of different opinions about the afterlife. And, and the questions arise, what happens when you die? What happens when you die? There are a lot of people out there who think that the lights just go off. That's the end of you. When you die, the, the brain circuits uh, shooting electrical signals and, and it's over with. That's the end of it. But Hebrews 9.27 says, Inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. The Bible doesn't say that after you die, it's the end. It says that there is a judgment for your life, a determination about how you will spend eternity. So the next question is, where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend, where will you go after you die? Where will you spend your life? And, and the Bible gives us two places. One is hell and one is heaven. Heaven is in the presence of God, in the unencumbered, complete presence of God. Hell is the absence of God where there is no presence of God. There are two distinct places, and I want to read to you in Luke chapter 16, uh, a story that uh, Jesus told that describes this well. It says, Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, or hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your life you received your good things and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed so that those who wish to come over here to you will not be able and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, then I beg you, father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers in order that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. But he said, No, Father, Abraham, if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. This story says there were two men. They lived different lives of faith. It's not so much about the fact that the rich get punished and the poor get blessed in the afterlife. No, it's not that at all. It's about that the rich man placed his faith in his riches. 
And because he placed his faith in his riches, he, uh, he ended up in a place of torment, a place called hell. Lazarus, on the other hand, suffered many things during this life, but he placed his faith in God. And because he placed his faith in God, he spent his eternity, what is called here the bosom of Abraham. Now, I don't want to get into the, 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 the depths of, of the doctrines of heaven and hell and, and the things that are going to happen uh, and the language that's used. Uh, I don't want to get into the depths of that today. I want to keep this simple and straightforward. The Bible says that when you die, you will be judged. Hebrews 9.27, we read. And that when you are judged, you are judged about where you are going to spend your eternity. Will it be in heaven out of the presence of God or will it be, uh, I mean, in, in heaven in the presence of God or will it be in hell out of the presence of God? Now, a lot of people have this popular opinion that heaven is a place where good people go and hell is a place where bad people go. So, so you know, my uncle so-and-so, Uncle Fred, uh, was a good guy, and so he, he, he must have gone to heaven, and uh, Hitler and Osama bin Laden were bad people, and they must have gone to hell, because heaven is for good people, hell is for bad people. But listen, the Bible doesn't teach that. In fact, the Bible teaches that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, the Bible teaches that all of us, by heaven's standards, are bad. All of us, by heaven's standards have failed the test because the test for heaven is perfection. The test for the presence of God is perfection. And all of us have failed to the standard of God's holiness, which is perfection. The Bible says not that bad people go to hell and good people go to heaven. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says the soul that sins shall die shall be separated from the presence of God forever, and that place is hell. That's right. You and I are born into a race of people that because we have sinned, we are on a road taking us to hell. We are on a road that's taking us to hell. Why are we going to hell? Is it because of sin or is it because of doubt? Now, this is a question that people have, and I want to read to you in John 3, chapter 16. It says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. Now that tells us something right there. There is a perishing that God sent Jesus to save you from. That you would not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God wants to save you from something. There's a perishing that Jesus came to save you from. And listen to this, he who believes in him, speaking of Jesus, is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So what sends people to hell? Is it the sin that we've committed or is it the fact that we don't believe in Jesus? And the answer is both. You see, sin is the disease and Jesus is the cure. Now, which kills you? Is it the disease that kills you? Or is it the fact that you rejected the cure that you had available to you? And the answer is both. The answer is both. The soul that sins shall die. And those that do not believe in Jesus have already been judged. So listen, if you're trying to earn your way into heaven and you think you're going to turn your life around and do a bunch of good things, Jesus said himself, you've already been judged. It's over with. 
You've been judged. And in fact, the, the judgment that comes at the end of your life in Hebrews chapter 9 is really more about a sentencing than it is about a judgment of guilt or innocent. All of us have sinned and we get put on the road to hell and there is only one cure, only one answer, and that is Jesus Christ. This is what the Bible says. So what is hell? Let me talk to you about what the Bible says hell is. Hell is a real place, first of all. A lot of people think hell is a metaphor. Even Christians, there are many Christians and pastors that think hell is a metaphor. I don't see anywhere in scripture that hell is a metaphor. That, that it's something to give you just a mental image. Hell is a real place. It is a real place for if heaven is a real place, if God is a real person, then hell, which is spoken of in the same terms as God and as heaven, then hell must be a real place. Otherwise, all of this is just a fantasy story. Hell is a real place. Not only that, hell is eternal. It will exist forever, and those that go there will exist there forever. Watch this. Hell is a place of torment. Matthew 13, 42, just one example in scriptures. It says, and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It will be a place where people will weep. We, we, we read the story of the rich man who in hell was so tormented. He wanted just a drop of water on his tongue for just the slightest relief, but he couldn't get even the slightest relief. There will be gnashing of teeth. What does that mean? That means pain so hard that people are gritting their teeth, so awful that people are gritting their teeth. Now, what about hell? This is the one thing about hell that I really want you to get. Hell is the absence of the presence of God. Hell is the absence of the presence of God. Watch this. James 1.17 says that every good thing given and every per perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Let's dissect that for a moment. For God gives every good thing. Do you know that the breath that you breathe, the, any, the fact that there is any good thing, a sunrise, just the fact that you're not in torment right now is a blessing that you're experiencing here on earth given to you by God, held in the hand of God by the presence of God. Uh, it's called common grace, and it means this, that God has given all of us, even the worst of us, experience life right now and, and experience good things in this life. Yes, there's bad things, but all of the good things are held in God's hand and given to you by the presence of God in life around us. All of us have experienced these good things. It calls God the Father of lights. He is light. Remember that. He is light. And in Him, watch this, there is no variation or shifting shadow. Not even the whiff of a shadow of darkness is in the presence of God. Do you catch that? That's important to notice. Not even the slightest shadow is in the presence of God. That's a description of the perfection of God and His presence. That no shadow can exist in the presence of God. So what is hell? Hell is really the absence of the presence of God. If God was to remove His presence from your life, 
No matter who you are, you would not experience one good thing. In fact, God's presence is the extreme of good and the absence of God's presence is the extreme of bad, which is a description of hell. Now watch this. I want to read you some scriptures. Matthew chapter 25, 30. Remember, the presence of God is light. And what does this say in Matthew 25, 30? Throw out the worthless, worthless slave into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Notice the phrase outer darkness. Instead of in the presence of his light, you are out of his presence in darkness. Instead of in the presence of perfection and goodness and the extreme of everything that is good and right, you are out of his presence and into complete darkness where nothing is good and, and, and horrible things uh, are to the extreme. Are you with me today? Are you catching what the Bible tells us about hell? It is the absence of the presence of God. Let's read on. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9. It says, Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Basically, that is saying to those who don't accept the only way to escape hell, which is Jesus Christ and faith in Him. To those who reject that, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction. Watch this. Away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Once again, you want to know what hell is? Hell is being absent from the goodness of God, from the presence of God. Heaven is the presence of God, unencumbered in the presence of God. Hell is the absence of the presence of God where there is no good thing that can exist. Now, here comes the next question that I know some of you are wondering. If this place is real, if, he if hell is real and it's a place of torment, of weeping and gnashing of teeth, and it is, it is the absence of any good thing because the presence of God is not there. If that's the case, why would a loving God ever send someone to hell? And the answer is this, God didn't create hell for you. God did not create hell for any of us. In fact, let's go to our next scripture today. In Matthew 25, 41, Jesus says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire. Once again, these are the ones who are rejected the only way to be saved. These are the ones who rejected that offer of salvation. It says, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you catch that? God did not prepare hell for you. God did not prepare a place where his presence doesn't exist, where everything is awful and torment is forever. God did not prepare that place for you. He prepared it for the devil and his angels. It is not God's will that you go to hell. It's never been his will for you to go to hell. If anybody ever tells you that part of God's plan is that for some people to go to hell, listen, they're missing out. Let me read you the scripture that tells you why. 2 Peter 3, 9. For the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but God is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. 
God's plan for you is not for you to go to hell. It's for the devil and his angels to go to hell. God's plan for you is to be saved from hell. Are you catching that today? Oh, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Hallelujah. Sin will connect itself to you eternally. So, so how do people end up in hell if, if we were never intended to go there? If God doesn't want us to go there, and if hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, how do people end up in hell? And, and I want to read in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Watch this. This is a condition of human beings born into the race of Adam. Therefore, as, one, as through one man, that was Adam, Sin entered into the world and death through sin. So sin entered into the world. And now before, before you think, now how am I responsible for the sin of Adam? Well, it goes on. And so death spread to all men because all have sinned. You know why you and I are put on the road to hell? It's not because of Adam's sin that brought sin into the world really you're answerable for your own sin when you reach the age of accountability and you know right from wrong and you're aware of what you're doing and you do the wrong thing you have committed sin and once again the soul that sins will die will be separated from God now watch this sin can't exist in the presence of God sin represents darkness and in the perfectness of God's light there is no variation there is no shadow, not even a hint of a shadow. So in the presence of God, sin cannot exist. So what happens? Sin is cast out of the presence of God. Now, where is out of the presence of God? It is in hell. So when sin is cast into hell, it takes everything and everyone that is eternally attached to it. Now listen, because sin entered into your life, it is eternally attached to you. You can't free yourself from your sin. It has been eternally attached to you. And because sin will be judged, because sin will be destroyed, because sin is the cancer that must be cut out and thrown into hell, if you're eternally attached to it, you end up going where sin takes you. Are you catching this today? That doesn't sound really good except for the fact that the gospel is this, that Jesus Christ will separate you from your sin. Glory to his name. That Jesus Christ will eternally separate you from your sin. I want you to think of it this way. Imagine that there are two places and only two. There is heaven and then there is hell. And as described in scripture, there is a great gulf between them that you cannot cross. There is no middle ground. There is only heaven and there is only hell. Now, here on earth, we, uh, we uh, abide somewhere in the middle of that. And when we die, we are judged according to our faith in Christ Jesus. And if we don't have faith, if he hasn't separated from our, us from our sin, then we go where sin goes. And that is into a place that is absent of the presence of God. We go out of the presence of God into outer darkness. It was never God's plan that we go there. He made that place for the devil and his angels. He doesn't want you to go there. But if you don't get separated from your sin, that's where you're going to go. 
But if you have believed in Jesus, as John chapter 3 says, then you don't have to face the eternal punishment of hell. No, you can be separated from your sin and eternally attached to Jesus and go to heaven. And that will be the place that you call your home. You know why we preach the gospel and we come to you every Sunday and we make sacrifices and we give our money? It's because we want in this life for you to know Jesus. We want, it's not about you coming to church and giving money and all of that. No, it's not about that. It's about you knowing Jesus so that he can separate you from your sin and attach you eternally to his perfection so that when you die, you go to the presence of God. Hallelujah. 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 Two places exist. There's heaven and there's hell. And you're going to spend your eternity in one or the other. Now, I didn't come here to scare you. I didn't come here today to talk about hell to scare you. In fact, I came here today to give you a different view of hell. I came here today to tell you that hell is not really a horror story. Hell is a love story. God's story about hell is not that that's where you're supposed to end up. God's story about hell is that Jesus loved you so much, he saved you from it. That's what's supposed to be the story of your eternal destiny, of your eternal life. I want today, after you have heard this message, to never think of, to never picture hell the same way again. Never again. You see, the road to hell is not a highway. What do I mean by that? A highway is a place that when you get on in a vehicle, you are unencumbered. You're free and clear. There's no lights. There's no crossings. There's only entrances and exits, exits, and that's it. But you are free and clear to travel. Yesterday, I traveled to the other side of town, and I took the toll road. And even the toll road, you don't stop for. You just go right through, and they catch a picture of your license plate and send you a bill in the mail. You just cruise on. You can travel so fast. There's no one in your way. In fact, the other cars on the road are going so fast. We're in Texas, and we always drive uh, 20% over the speed limit. And if you don't go fast enough, they'll kind of push you along. And uh, so you're just unencumbered and free. That's what a highway is. The road to hell is not a highway. I want you to listen to me. God has placed obstacles obstacles of love on the road to hell. There are things that God has placed between you and hell that you're going to have to persevere through. If you want to go to hell, if hell ends up being the place that you go to, it's not going to be easy for you to get there. I know the Bible says that on the road to hell, it's broad and a lot of people go there. But I'm here to tell you today that on that road, there are obstacles that if you end up in hell, you will have to crawl under, press through, climb over, avoid and make your determination that you're going to reject every single one of them and end up in hell. Every person that is in hell today rejected, persevered through, climbed over, pressed their way through the obstacles of love that God placed in their path. If the Bible has one theme, it is this, that on the road to hell, 
Jesus has placed obstacles there to stop you, to warn you, to catch you, to keep you from going to hell. This is the love story. Not that there's a hell, but that God loved you so much that he's gone to great lengths to place amazing things. He's paid a great price to place amazing things between you and hell to catch you, to stop you to keep you from going there. God loves you that much. So what are the obstacles to hell? Let's, let's get a, a mental image and let me help you today. I wanna, I've got some, some little slides for you that I want you to just look at to get a mental image. First is imagine in your mind the road to hell. And, and some of you have probably seen this. It's like this big road. There's nothing on it stopping you. Ahead is the flames. And when you get to the end, you're in hell. There may be a drop off where you go and you just drop off into hell. And that's the end of it. It's this free and clear path. And people would think of that as the road to hell. And that's the way a lot of people picture hell. It looks something like this. That's the picture that you have in your mind. And I want to change that picture for you and give you a new picture so that you can never see hell that way again. That every time you get a mental image of hell, there is things between you and hell. And the first thing between you and hell is the word of God. Did you catch that image? So between you and hell, God sent his word to stand between you so that you can never look at hell clearly again without seeing the word of God. What do I mean? I mean the Bible. God sent the Bible to us, the word of God to us, to warn us, to stop us. How many times have you heard the preaching of the Word of God warning you? You're listening today to me reading Scripture to you, telling you that the Word says warning. Let me save you. Let me stop you. The Word of God stands between you and hell. You can never see hell again without seeing the Word of God, without remembering the, the phrases. If you don't remember any other scripture from the Word of God, remember John three sixteen. For God loved you so much that He gave His only begotten Son that if you would just believe in Him, you would not perish but have everlasting life. That Jesus sent His Word to you to warn you that the scriptures your grandma taught you, that the scriptures you learned in Sunday school are telling you the story that Jesus loves you enough to pay a great price so you don't have to go to hell. Standing between you and hell is the Word of God. The Word of God is like a fence. Can you just picture in your mind that, that hell is there and you're on this road going there, but the Word of God is put up and it's like a fence and the only way to get by it is to crawl under it. Have you ever crawled under a fence? Ever, have you ever crawled under a place that's uh, there's not enough room for you. You have to dig and really squeeze tight. Listen, if you're going to get past the word of God to hell, you're going to have to literally crawl under the word of God. You're going to have to ignore its warnings. You're going to have to reject the promises that it has. If you get to hell, it's going to take some work for you to get beyond the word of God. What else is there? Standing between you, there is the saints of God, their prayers and their witness. 
So once again, you don't get to see hell anymore just free and clear. No, there are roadblocks. There is the word of God and there is the prayers and the witness of the saints of God. And I put a little picture of a mama up there praying. And I want you to think about this. You know what's standing between you and hell? It is the witness of the life of people who are living examples of what Jesus can do in your life. There are some of you out there today that don't believe in God. And when you think, when you speak of and you think about the the Christians in general, you have a negative and hateful opinion, but you've probably got someone in your life. It could be your grandma, it could be your grandpa, it could be your aunt and uncle, it could be your mom and dad, a brother, sister. You've got someone in your life who, they're not perfect, but they have lived and are living before you a real Christian life. You know they're not stupid. You know they're not uneducated. You know they're not blind, yet they believe the Bible and they are living examples of Christianity at work in a human life. And if you're going to go to hell, you're going to have to get past the witness of their life. You're going to have to explain away how they truly believe this and are changed by it. Not only that, you're going to have to get past the prayers of the saints. Oh, can I tell you something? I'm here today because my grandparents prayed for me. I'm here today because my parents prayed for me. When I was lost and on the road to hell, my parents prayed for me. And the effectual fervent prayer of righteous people changes things. Can I tell you something? The the witness and the prayers of the saints They're like an offensive line in the NFL. You know, the objective of the defense is to get to the quarterback and sack him. But you can't get there because there's these big, bad dudes that are standing in your way. And the prayers and the witness of the saints of God, the prayers of your mama, they're like the offensive line. There's hell out there and the word of God is standing between you. And if you were to crawl under the word of God, you'd run into the prayers and the witness of the saints of God. That's right. You'd run into the prayers of your mama. And she is saying, no, no, I don't want you going any farther. I don't want you rejecting rejecting Jesus. Stop where you are. And if you're going to go to hell, you're going to have to crawl under the word and you're going to have to press your way through the prayers of mama. Are you hearing me today? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank God. God loved us enough to place some amazing things into the path between us and hell. That's why I'm here to tell you the road to hell is not free and clear. It is not easy to get there. God loves you so much. He's placed some things between you and hell. What has he placed? He's placed the word of God, the prayer and the witness of the saints. And he's placed the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit is pulling you like a, like a stream that has a strong current, he's pulling you. Have you ever been in a, a creek or a, a river where you get up to maybe your knees or your waist and the weight of the water is just rushing and it's pushing you and it would be so easy to just go with the flow. But if you want to go against it, you've got to take a lot of effort and you've got to really want to go against it. Listen, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came into the world to convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. What does that mean? That means the Holy Spirit is going around enlightening your life, 
letting you know your spiritual condition, making you aware that you need Jesus, warning you of the hell to come and trying to push you towards Christ. The Holy Spirit is trying to push you towards Christ. You're feeling him right now in your life. As I'm speaking to you today, you're feeling the Holy Spirit pulling you to Jesus. He's pulling you to Jesus. He's illuminating your need of God. He's illuminating the fact that there's sin that's been attached to you. And he's illuminating the love of God and the plan of God so that you would turn to Jesus and you would be separated from sin and eternally attached to Christ. The work of the Holy Spirit is pulling at you. So watch this. You can never see hell again without seeing the word of God before you, without seeing the prayers of your mama before you, and without feeling the pull of the Holy Spirit tugging on you. Yes, if you go to hell, it will be because you crawled under the word. You pressed your way through the prayers of the saints, and you struggled beyond the pressure of the Holy Spirit pulling you to Jesus. You're going to have to struggle if you want to go to hell because God loves you so much. He placed some amazing big obstacles between you and hell. Hell is not a freeway, my friend. And finally today, what did God put between you and hell? He put Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see that image? It's gotten to the point where you almost can't see what's back there. It's not that you're unaware of it, but between you and hell are some huge obstacles and you can't anymore. You can never see hell free and clear again without seeing the obstacles. And one of the greatest ones of all is Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus being God, lowered himself, the Bible says, and he took on the form of man and he faced the same temptations and challenges we do. And yet he never gave in to sin. Oh, he wanted to smack a fella. He wanted to hurt somebody. He wanted to do the wrong thing because he was tempted like us. Yes. If Jesus wasn't tempted like us, then he wouldn't have experienced life like we do, but he never did the wrong thing, even though he was tempted He lived a perfect life for you. The perfect life of Jesus stands between you and hell. Not only that, he was crucified on a cross. The Bible says that he could have called 12 legions of angels and stopped the people from crucifying him, but he gave his life willingly. Why? Because it was on the cross that he would die for your sin, giving you the opportunity to be separated from your sin. He willingly gave his life. You can't see hell anymore without seeing the cross of Jesus standing between you and hell. Never again will you close your eyes and feel the flames of hell in front of you without also feeling the relief, the opportunity, the off-ramp of the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He loves you so much. He died for you and he rose from the dead. No, he didn't stay dead. He came back to life. Why? Because if he lives, you and I can live also. Hallelujah. You see, if you're eternally attached to Christ, you go where he goes. That's right. 
You go where he goes. So when he went to hell, he died with my sin and he died with the old man that I used to be. But he didn't stay there. He took me with him out of the grave and he brought me out into new life, resurrected into perfection and into new life. Now, I'm not perfect now, but part of me is, my spirit is, but there's coming a day when I see him face to face and the resurrection of the dead happens and I will be made 100% completely perfected in Jesus, presented before God, faultless, hallelujah, because I'm attached to Christ. The resurrection stands between me and hell. I can never see hell free and clear again. I can't see the flames because all I can see is the love of God and the obstacles He's placed in my way. And if I want to go to hell, if I go to hell, it would be because I literally climbed over the mountain of Calvary to get there. Listen, my friend, I know the road to hell is broad and there are a lot of people on it, but on that road, God hasn't made it easy to get there. There are a lot of obstacles obstacles of love. And if you go to hell, you're going to have to avoid and overcome every one of them. Yes, you're going to have to crawl under the word of God. You're going to have to fight your way through the prayers and the witness of the people that you know who truly believe in God. You're, you're going to have to swim upstream against the pull of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to have to literally climb over Calvary's hill to go to hell. Because God loved you so much, His intention was never for you to go to hell. Once again, the story of hell from the Bible is not a horror story. It's a love story that God would love you so much that He was willing to send His own Son to die, to stop you and save you, to separate you from your sin. You see, God's plan for you is not hell. God didn't make hell for you. God made heaven for you. Heaven is the presence of God. You know what that means? God wants you with Him. God is not mad at you. God wants you with Him. He loves you. The story is this, that He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die so that you could stop you from going down that road, from ending up in hell. God wants you to be with Him in His presence. He doesn't want you out of His presence. He wants to separate you from the sin, and the blood of Jesus can separate you from the sin. That's right. When you believe in Jesus, what happens is that the blood He shed on the cross is applied to your life, and it cleanses you of all sin, past, present, future. You are no longer held responsible. You are no longer judged by the sin you committed. Jesus already took all that and died with it. Now, every time someone might accuse you before God of your sin, all God knows is that if you sinned, Jesus already died and paid the price for it. It's already over with, and it can't be applied to your account. Now you are eternally separated from your sin. Can I tell you something? The day, the day that I accepted Christ into my life, He washed me in His blood, and His blood cleansed me once for all, and I am eternally separated from sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was on the road to hell and I saw the obstacles. I saw the warning signs. And can I tell you, for a while, for a while, I crawled under the word. I rejected the witness of my parents, my grandparents. 
I ignored the pull of the Holy Spirit and I proceeded to do my own thing and live my own life. I knew the story of the cross and the resurrection, but I ignored it and I continued. I pressed through the obstacles, but one day God got me and I couldn't go any farther. And I stopped in my tracks and I believed in Jesus and he separated me from my sin and he took me off the road to hell and he put me on the road to heaven. Hallelujah. And listen, once you get on the road to heaven, it is a highway. Hallelujah. There is nothing that can stop you. God created heaven for you and it's a highway and he created it because he wanted you to be with him. God wants you to be with him. He wants you to be with him. Not only that, he's paid the price for everything. The ticket to heaven, Jesus paid the price for when he died on the cross. It's already paid. The trip is free and clear. There are no tolls to be paid by you. Nothing. Just believe. Just believe and God will put you on the highway to heaven and you will know by the promise, not because you feel it all the time, but by the promise of his word that God's got you and you are on the highway to heaven. He's removed every obstacle and you are on your way to heaven. Hallelujah. He wants to be with you. He's paid the price and all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is believe in Jesus. Believe in the work that he's done and entrust that. Trust that. What I mean by trust that is that, that let's just pretend for a moment that you stood before God and God said, why? Would you deserve to go to heaven and not go to hell? You wouldn't say because I've kind of been good or because I read my Bible a lot. No, you'd say because when I was on earth, I believed in Jesus. And I'm trusting today that because I believed in who he is and what he's done for me, that you're letting me into heaven. And you know what God's promise is? Yep, heaven is your home. Yes, heaven is your home. That if you would just believe in him, you shall have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what Jesus does? He separates us from sin. We are no longer eternally attached to it. In fact, we're not attached to it at all anymore. Like I said before, I may sin today. I may sin tomorrow, but that is not attached to me at all. It's been separated from my life to be judged on the cross of Christ. It's already done. I'm eternally separated from my sin. Not only that, Jesus attaches me to Christ. I am eternally attached to Jesus. I am in Christ. You cannot separate me from God. Who shall separate me from the love of God? Paul said, can an angel, can a devil, can a persecution, can a problem? No, nothing shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. John 10, 27. Listen to this. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said, and I know them. And they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. When you believe in Jesus, he separates you from sin and he eternally holds you in Christ. And no one can remove you when God's got you. Are you catching me today? Oh, it's not that you hold God. It's that God holds you. And when you say, Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the son of God. I believe, I believe the obstacles. I believe the story. I believe that you came to save me. 
And so I'm, I'm trusting that you saved me, God. It is in that moment that God sweeps down and he grabs you into his hand and he holds you in Christ and you are eternally attached to Jesus. And the good news about that is this, that wherever Jesus goes, you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, who's in heaven? Do you think Jesus made it to heaven? <laughs> he made heaven. Of course he's in heaven. That means if Jesus is in heaven and you go where Jesus goes, then you go to heaven. Is Jesus in hell? No, of course not. Jesus is not in hell for the presence of God is not in hell. We already read that in the scriptures. Therefore, do you go to hell if you're held by God? No, because you're eternally attached to Christ and you go to heaven. Let me leave you with this. I don't ever want you to picture hell in your mind again. A free road, free and clear, nothing to stop you. For there have been huge obstacles placed in your path. Things that God has put there to stand between you and hell. And they're not small. They're huge. But they're spiritual. And you need the Holy Spirit to help you see them. And some of you today, you're seeing them spiritually. And I am imploring you, I am challenging you as one of the saints of God standing between you and hell. I am imploring you. Hell is a real place. You will never experience anything good there. Never experience anything good. The extreme of what is awful is there. But God didn't make hell for you. And it was never his plan that you go there. In fact, he loved you so much that he gave his son that you could be saved from hell. The story of hell for you doesn't have to be that's where you ended up. The story of hell is this. You were headed there, but Jesus saved you. Jesus saved you. And so never again can you see hell free and clear. You'll see it something like this. You will always see the cross. You will always see the prayers of mom and grandma. You will always see the word of God. You will always see the cross of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus. You will always see these things standing between you and hell. It is by God's design. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father, I pray right now for every voice out there, every ear out there, every eye out there, every mouth out there, every human life out there today. Yes, because of our sin, we have been on the road to hell, but it's not a highway. And we see today in the spirit realm, all of these obstacles preventing us from going there, that it was never your plan that we go there, but that you have gone to great lengths and have paid a great price that we might escape hell. And our story, Jesus, is that you saved us from hell. Hallelujah. You saved us from hell. And we believe in you today. We trust in you. Some of you out there today, religion is going through your mind and behavior and good works and, and, and sitting in a pew and you got to find a suit. No, let all of that go. Jesus said, if you would believe in him, you would have everlasting life. If you just turn away from believing in yourself and you turn to believing in Jesus. And if you believe in Jesus and trust in him, you would not perish in hell, but you'd have everlasting life 
in heaven. I didn't come to scare you today. I came to tell you Jesus saves. Oh, Holy Spirit, pull people into the presence of God. Pull people into the presence of God. All you got to do is say yes to God. He's paid the price. He wants you with Him. He created heaven for you. All you got to do is say yes to God and the hand of God will sweep down from heaven and hold you in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.